going. Four two three, get fame. That's four two three, get fame. I would tell you to leave a message, but the truth is, I don't really care. I've had this hotline open for months, and not one of you jokers have what it takes to be famous like me. So leave a message if you want, but don't expect a call back. I've got way more important things to do than to waste my time on losers like Mascarita Sagrada and you all. Thank you, and have a nice day. Hey there, folks, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Grave Consequences Podcast. Caleb Baldwin, follow me at IamCalebB on Twitter. Um, joined by Greg, of course. <laughs> follow him at XMaserati. Uh, show, uh, the show's Twitter account is GC underscore cast. As always, check out every other great show, which is a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Search for the Social Suplex Podcast Network to get that conglomerate feed. We have solo feeds for the shows as well. Uh, of course, we have a solo feed. Um, Wednesday nights, listen to me on Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast, reviewing hero movies in chronological order. We've recorded through 2005. 2006 is about to start up, and it's really going to take a downturn. We just recorded X3 this past week. But enough about hero movies. Let's talk about season two, episode nine of Lucha Underground, Aztec Warfare 2. And in this, the Lucha Underground Championship is being defended for the first time in Aztec Warfare. Yeah, it's kind of a, a stack card. It looks like uh, Katrina has set plans in motion to ensure Mill mm-hmm. is going to leave with the championship. She has him entering last. And yes. she has Phoenix entering first. Yes. Uh, so she's trying to stack the the deck so that uh, Mill will still come out on top. So we'll see if her plan comes to fruition. Yeah. And uh, for you first-time listeners out there, Aztec Warfare, <clears throat> in, the, the rules of Aztec Warfare, they're very similar to like a hybrid of like your run-of-the-mill wrestling match or run-of-the-mill hardcore match and uh, the Royal Rumble itself. You start off with two men. Every 90 seconds, roughly, although some of the entrances seemed a little quicker than others. Uh, I don't know if you spotted that, but I certainly did. Um, but every 90 seconds, a new entrant comes out. There are 20 entrants in the match, and you can be eliminated only by pinfall and submission. So 19 pinfalls or submissions, some sort of fall is going to happen. No countouts, no DQs. Pretty good stuff. Um Pretty interesting concept. It's been adopted by MLW, uh, who does a thing called Battle Riot now, which MLW is kind of like picked up the scraps of Lucia Underground. If you've uh, been keeping any tabs on them at all, Greg. Mm-mm. Uh, well, they signed the actor who played um, El Jefe, Dario Cueto, uh, Luis Fernandez Gill, to play a similar character. Oh, really? And- just with a different name because, again, someone else owns the Lucha Underground uh, intellectual property. So I that's awesome. Caesar Duran or something. And Caesar Duran is the manager for uh, King Muertes, is his name. Uh, the former Mil Muertes, the former Ricky Banderas. Um, what was his name in TNA? Judas Macias. There we go. 
<laughs> Why'd you bring that up? I know, right? I always got to bring that up, man. But hey, the thing about this is this is a one-match card. Um, pretty interesting. You have a few of those throughout the series run. Uh, each Aztec Warfare match, multiple all-night-long matches. Um, someone has to run a gauntlet in the third season. Uh, so a few one-match shows on this, uh, you know, throughout the series. But um, let's start off, let's go right to the action because the very first thing we see, as we did with the first Aztec Warfare, is uh, drummers in, uh, like, Aztec garb, you know, signifying war is about to start. And uh, the working title that I suggested as an homage to Nightmare on Elm Street 2, rather, is Aztec Warfare 2, Meal's Revenge. So whether you see that on the podcast app or not, just know I did suggest it. Yeah, I'm writing it down right now. Thank you, Gregory. It's mm. much appreciated. <clears throat> oh, by the way, the recording date is August 18, and as of tomorrow, I will be out of quarantine. So that's awesome. All right, we can get started then. And, uh, oh, let's see here. Phoenix, the first thing we see, Phoenix is in the back, and Katrina shows up. Oh, pardon me. Pentagon Jr. shows up and says, like, hey, I'm coming for your title. All of a sudden, the lights go out. Katrina's there and says, like, hey, uh, you don't know anything. You, you don't know anything about the darkness. Oh, and by the way, you're not in Aztec Warfare. You lost any right to that the second you put your hand on me. So Katrina, who is uh, very quick to use Mil Muertes to hurt people, to injure people, didn't like the, uh, the idea of someone putting their hand on her. I, I have two thoughts from this. One, uh, this is like Penta's version of R-Truth, where he gets confused and he's not actually in a match. Because <laughs> uh, they all got invitations to the match. So he didn't even, like, you, you would you would know what number you're entering in. This is the day of the show. Here's the thing. Maybe he just assumed his his invite got lost in the mail or something. Very, yeah, I definitely, it's, it's de he's definitely confused about something. Uh, and number two, the only thing I could think of when this was occurring was, you know, those like Facebook videos where like a kid has a birthday party and no one shows up. So huh. like the firefighters show up for his birthday party or police officers. I, yeah. I just imagine Penta in the backyard with, you know, uh, Vampiro, you know, dressed like his mom, like Mrs. Doubtfire and all these police officers and like put and firemen coming over to like come to his birthday party because no one came. <laughs> well, Pentagon Jr. is not quite a um, not quite a kid at an empty birthday party. Uh, he will, or if he is, he's going to have his revenge, and uh, we will see. Maybe Don't the most of those kids. Maybe the title would be Pentagon's Revenge, but either way, sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say, don't most of those kids end up growing up and getting their revenge in some way? Oh, don't don't tell me you're alluding to what I think you're alluding to. No, because I actually didn't have anything yet. I was going to assume like maybe that's Jeff Bezos's origin story. Oh, okay. Or Zuckerberg. Good. Good. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that being a Bezos origin story. Who would sure. go to a Zuckerberg birthday party? I wouldn't. Oh my gosh. Zuckerberg is so lame. Even by the... You've seen The Social Network? No, I don't want to see it because... And I'll tell you why. Uh, I've yeah. heard it's a good movie and I believe it. But when it yeah. came out, I've said to myself, there's no way I'm fucking seeing a movie about Facebook. <laughs> I've heard stories that it's a hit piece on Mark Zuckerberg, but it's like, 
how much do you really have to embellish about how much we know how bad of a guy this guy already is? So how much sensationalizing do you really need to do, you know? Exactly. Well, enough of that. Let's go to the ring. Melissa Santos introducing us to Aztec Warfare 2. And the first entry, as we already know, is the defending and the third Lucha Underground champion, Phoenix. He is number one. By the way, before we show number two, we uh, are shown Famous B and Brenda are inside the temple. So their first appearance here in the temple together. Yeah, I didn't notice them at first because Caleb knows this, but uh, I have a few things that have been going on that have been making it hard for us to schedule every week. Uh, So I I was watching this while I was trying to do other things. So I did miss a few things, but I, I was trying to pay as much attention. I didn't notice they were in there until uh roughly around the one two three four five sixth entrance when i started hearing someone talking in the background i was like whoa that's famous b (laughs) (laughs) yeah they did have famous b kind of pitch in here and there and brenda just kind of stand there and look hot every now and again i think he added a lot of i wish i could think of a better word but you know how they talk about storytelling in the matches yeah not like on the mic not in a background vignette sort of like maybe not this could be an improper gravitas. Uh, Maybe I'm I'm thinking just like just a way to uh, interact in the ring, and he's not really in the ring, but just it's all everything is happening in one spot. There's no takeaways. There's no cuts to another angle. There's no not not to another it's to excuse me to another segment or another vignette or another match. This is all happening real time in front of everybody, and. You know, you can just pay attention to the high spots, but there's a lot going on with Famous B. He's, he he adds stuff, the way he, the comments he talks about other people, and you start realizing eventually he's scouting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, he did keep kind of overusing one line, like he kept saying, that's the guy, that's the guy right there, but he said it about like four or five different people. <laughs> there's a lot of guys, though, in Lucha that, that were the guy. Yeah. To be sure. fair. Sure enough. That Tejano, that Chavo Guerrero, they're going places, buddy. Yeah, absolutely they are. <laughs> Chavo Guerrero is going places. Uh, probably the unemployment line when Ric Flair shows up in AEW, but... Um, oh, you're right. That could happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about all that, because number two in the temple, of course, you know, us, the viewer watching the television show, know that this guy was already invited so like the surprise was a little worn off for the tv viewer or the surprise was not there rather but Mm -hmm. the uh the guy the person watching in the temple who's not seeing these vignettes before they're seeing the matches they were genuinely surprised they were shocked they were overwhelmed they were elated when number two came out and it was ray mysterio jr they went wild yeah, it's weird because I've you know it's a new it's a new wrestler, uh, unheard of basically, uh, scrappy young kid. Uh, we'll see if he goes anywhere. Uh, it's a very yeah. odd name. Uh, he seems to be copying off of the other luchadors. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that Ray Junior kid. Um, <laughs> but hey, before the match started, like there was legitimately like two minutes of Ray walking around the ring and just eating up the cheers of the people like the true worker that he is man he's got to learn something from the wolf pack and <laughs> hogan you know he's, some of that's going to rub off 
Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But man, the the match starts and we get a solid back and forth between Phoenix and Ray. A lot of give and take from both. No one really getting the advantage. When number three comes out, and it is the former Gift of the Gods champion, King Cuerno. And now King Cuerno comes in, he runs over, pretty much runs over the other competition. And he even hits the arrow from hell on Phoenix when Arhenis comes out and he draws number four. Um, Arhenis didn't have a lot to do here other than pretty much get beat up. And Arhenis is actually the first eliminated here in this match by Rey Mysterio with a frog splash that got a loud Eddie chant from the crowd. So a lot of, a little bit of homage to Eddie Guerrero. I mean, it'd be nice if frog splashes ended matches more often, frankly. I agree. I agree. Uh, Cause I think I, I know that everyone does it as a, as a, you know, ode to Eddie. And that's yeah. nice, but it, I think it would mean more if it won. Well, that's the thing. Like, you're talking to a guy, like, I grew up as a kid watching Rob Van Dam in WWE win matches with the Frog Splash. So it's like, I I respect the Frog Splash as a finisher, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that, even though I'm very behind, and I even had to ask James on, uh, and a few other people in the, in the stardom group, I had to ask, <laughs> you know, can you guys recommend some matches? Because I'm so far behind. Cause I don't have time to watch as much as I would like. Yeah. Uh, but even then, like I'm used to matches ending in German suplexes or tiger suplexes, or even sometimes in, in like, you know, uh, puro wrestling, sometimes a stiff clothesline. Well, uh, or a brain buster. Some decisions might come from uh, suplexes in this match, but we'll see. Yeah. Number- I mean, it's, it's deserved it, but I'm just saying like, yeah. uh, to go back to the original point, it, I, I think people need to start it's it's one it's it's a, it's akin to that indie riffic type of wrestling that me and you both will criticize where mm-hmm. you know it's cool you did a high spot but what did it mean and we're not just regurgitating things that you know people say to be contrarians but yeah. uh, you know the frog splash like what what's the point like I, I would compare it to when I watched AAA and this is very recently like the last six months to a year. I started watching some of this AAA matches and the luchador wrestling is way different than the luchador wrestling they'll show on American shows besides lucha underground. But like anytime someone's doing like a luchador type spot, it's almost in a bubble. Like they're like, I'm going to do this luchador spot here. And it has no point. Like they get up, they both get up from it. You know, it's not, doesn't add to the story. And I'm not saying I'm not a, stickler like you have to wrestle and every move has to have meaning but you know when it's always this bubble move i'm gonna pull okay you know what i'm gonna do a a suicide dive you know it's it means nothing yeah no you're you're right man but uh it was nice to see the frog splash get an elimination for sure exactly your number number five here in aztec warfare is johnny mundo and here's a little fun fact because, Greg, I know you weren't watching at the time, but uh, Johnny Mundo actually once beat Rey Mysterio for the Intercontinental Championship around 2009. So to see those two in the ring together, really cool. Uh, Mundo is wearing light colors tonight, which reminded me of his M&M days. Pardon me, if you remember that stable. Was that WWE? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, him and Joey Mercury with Molina. I think that was around... The years I stopped watching. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, oh, I stopped way. watching when uh, Benoit won the title. 
Oh, yeah, you, you've told me that. You've told me that. Yep. Um, another fun fact, actually, since, you know, we talked about Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio and Johnny Mundo. Uh, Eminem actually won their first, uh, had their first tag title reign. They won their first tag titles by beating Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Wow, that's a pretty big feat. Yeah, yeah. They did it like the week after WrestleMania 21. Um, <laughs> number six is Joey Ryan, and Joey Ryan comes out with a set of handcuffs. And oh boy, um, <laughs> the imagery. But uh, he decides to be a, a thinking man, and he figures like, you know, it's pinfall or submission. It's got to happen in the ring. How am I going to get Pender submitted in the ring when I can't go in there? And yeah, himself to the guardrail. It's always interesting to see that and he's not the first person to do this spot. It's been done before. Yeah, but it, it does. It does lead to him just getting beat up outside oh, yeah, the this, whole time. Yeah, this sort of spot happens in Royal Royal Rumbles all the time. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, it adds that the the main takeaway though I had rewatching this, with everything we know about Joey Ryan, I, I think there's very few people that genuinely think Joey Ryan's innocent. Uh, even for people that genuinely believe strongly that you're innocent until proven guilty, uh, I do think there is claims that we know where there's smoke, there's fire. I just don't like to assume there's a fire until you know you know. Yeah, uh, but. I think we've all seen, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think uh, both of us pr- uh, believe that he is uh, guilty of some of the things he, he did uh, or is accused of. Uh, I, th- I told you my reasoning was his born-again Christian stuff yeah. uh, shortly after, just because he was posting stuff about forgiveness, and and, and I felt like you know whoever your legal team is is, is terrible because um, I wouldn't post that. Uh, <laughs> But I, that that is a kind of a, a pretty co- like when it's it's not bad to become born again Christian if like you know you genuinely want to repent, but yeah. when you're promoting it so much, yeah, on Twitter it's it just it's a red flag for me. That's a red flag. It's like okay now there's you know and, and there was other things too, but I was like there's definitely some <laughs> some fire here. Uh, yeah. But, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, but the thing with Joey Ryan is like. It seems like he is looking for forgiveness without actually offering contrition, which is even worse than just than just being like, oh, whatever, or just, you know, ignoring anything. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's out of the blue. I mean, he definitely if you imagine like that's a fault, like you lose everything. Right. And yeah. she's like he lost everything. And I think, you know, if you're an innocent man, that would break you and you could end up being kind of like, you know, broken like if 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 you've ever had something terrible happen it can affect you but there's very little um i'm going to say i don't want to say accountability but it seems like it just comes out of nowhere and this is me not knowing the man and and i'm not trying to you know be holier than thou but uh my main point is if, if i can get back to my main point it's it's very weird seeing him come out and act the character he is in lucha underground yeah it's it's yeah hard to uh well with like you know what we know about joey ryan it's one of those things of like oh man like you know legalized sleaze and all this and that it's like you know this guy's like legitimately a sleaze bag uh or like here's an 
uh, opposite situation of Sexy Star who was promoting like bravery and everything who um, ended her wrestling career basically because she committed one of the most cowardly acts a wrestling e- wrestler ever could inside the ring. Because it's it's one thing for her to go into business for yourself. That's one thing. But she yeah. injured someone on purpose. Exactly. Exactly. Like if, if she had just made that uh, Rosemary tap out yeah. and just changed the outcome of the match, that'd be shitty. But she broke Ray's, Rosemary's arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, I think you said before, and, and uh, we can cut this out if you're not okay with me saying it, but, you know, or maybe it wasn't you, but, like, a lot of wrestlers aren't good people. Yeah. It's a carny yeah. business. And I know a lot of that's changed. Like AEW is trying to be very progressive, but it, it has, it did evolve from a carny business. And, you know, you look into things that like Ringland Brothers did with animal abuse. Like carny is a bad word. Like there were yeah. some nefarious things that carnivals <laughs> did. And, and wrestling evolved from that. And it, you know, as bad as it was like in the 80s, probably, like it was probably way worse in the, <laughs> in the 70s and the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joey Ryan's character is just, you know, it's it's hard to watch, and I don't mean like oh we're shaking and we're trembling or anything. It's just <laughs> it's very like it's almost on the nose. It's cringe. Yeah, it's like oof. This is not. It's not even that. It, I guess it didn't age well. Is what I'm trying to say. Like it's just very, you know, he's all the things he's accused of is basically what his character is. Yeah. So uh, basically, fuck Joey Ryan. Uh, and King Cuerno seems to agree because he gives Joey Ryan a thrust kick, but. Hey, Joey Ryan can't be brought to the ring right now. It's whatever. Number seven is the the inaugural Lucha Underground champion and the winner of the inaugural Aztec Warfare, Prince Puma. And at some point, Phoenix dives out onto the field and Stryker, that, that earns us a Jimi Hendrix reference. You know, excuse me while I kiss the sky from Matt Stryker. So that's, that's it's one of the few unrelated references Stryker's made that I'm like, I don't hate that. And that's why I don't like that's or that's why I don't why I don't like it's why I don't hate Stryker. Yeah. Uh, when I did before from his stuff he did at NXT, he's trying. He's doing his best. Yeah. And he lo- he genuinely loves it and he's definitely he's genuinely putting the effort in. Uh I would not be against him ever announcing another show. I would I would definitely if it's New Japan, I wouldn't I'd be okay with him announcing like I I like him as an announcer. Well, he does uh he does color or play-by-play for Impact now. Yes, and, he, and I'm sure he's good. Yeah, he's he's fine. Uh, he's got to carry D'Lo, who's like, you can tell D'Lo's never done it before. But that's whatever. He can get better. Uh, number eight is Jack Evans. And by the way, King Cuerno gets eliminated by an armbar from Rey Mysterio. That was weak. Yeah, and what's even more weak and... Um, it's one of those things, this seemed a little more chaotic than the first Aztec Warfare, or maybe they had a new guy, you know, on production or something, because, like, the camera could not keep up, and at times was focusing on the wrong thing, it would seem. Well, we've seen it's not easy to time all this. Like, uh, yeah. it was one of the AEW pay-per-views when they ran out of time with the Bucks yeah. versus Cody, and um, oh, well, they yeah, actually ran out of a- time twice, actually. Um, okay, so the original all-in pay-per-view, they got that off the air with, like, 30 seconds left or something. It was and the Bucks and Kota Ibushi versus Bandito, uh, Rey, Rey Mysterio. Mysterio. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and someone. I, I want to say it was Phoenix? Could have yeah. been. And then um, the, s- the second one was, uh, Bucks. Fighter, uh, Fighter Fest, yeah. 
It was Bucks versus Cody and Dustin, and 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 there are pros. It's it's hard to time this, and and this was getting to your point. They were barely focusing on that tap out. Yeah, someone else was coming out. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. At one point, Jack Evans just getting dominated by the Technicos that were in the ring. You know, Phoenix and Mysterio, and there was a third guy in there, but I, I'm blanking right now. Um, it was everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, Johnny eventually pulls Jack out before he can get pinned. And Jack's like, why, why did you kick me? And Johnny's like, well, I had to make him think I was on their side, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, <laughs> number nine, to even the odds here, make it three on three in the ring, is Taya, who's got a loose association with Johnny at the moment. Uh, I hope that works out for them. Me too. I mean, I'm surprised that after what happened with the previous match where he threw her in the cage. Yeah. Uh, it's she's very forgiving. It's a very toxic yeah. relationship, apparently. Yeah, it's like a Joker and Harley Quinn situation. Um, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. 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 Let's see here. Oh, man. Oh, when Taya was coming out, Vampiro was putting her over and knowing what Vampiro does to her in AAA, it makes that all the more funnier. He's such a snake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. He's a real Micah Bell. I've been playing a lot of Red Dead, too, so. Those of you that have played that get that reference and everything. Um, number 10. Oh, by the way, Puma eventually gets sent out to the uh, floor by, I think, Mundo. And he lands on his knee wrong and he hurts a paw, dude. He got hurt? Yeah. Well, like, not like injured, injured, but like, oh, maybe a, a stinger or whatever, you know? Ouch. Yeah. I missed that. Um, number 10 is Cage and... You'd think this would spell bad news for Johnny Mundo and friends, which at this point is Mundo, Taya, and Jack Evans. Uh, Johnny Mundo at some point, though, throws Cage through Katrina's window. <laughs> oh, man. Number 11, though, Masquerita Sagrada. And Matt Stryker immediately has to get the midget puns off with a column a paragraph because he's too short to be an essay. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it was. It was Best of times, it was the worst of times. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, why I love Brian Cage, he climbs out of the window unaffected. This nearly killed Alberto Del Rio a season prior. Don't sell shit. Go in the business for yourself. That's how to get ahead. Yeah, well, that's why they call him Mr. Get My Shit In. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Cage hits Weapon X on the floor, throws Mundo into the ring, and Mundo or Cage basically gives the pin to Prince Puma. Prince Puma eliminates Johnny Mundo for the second year in a row. So all that talk last week in the back amounted to nothing for Johnny Mundo. He's back where he was before. Um, let's see here. Number 12 is Marty the Moth. And when Marty comes in and he takes his shirt off, he kind of gyrates a little like Rick Rude would do. But it's like. You're not Rick Rude. You're a little bit bulkier, pal. Yeah, he's he knows how to get the cheap heat. Yeah, for sure. For he sure. Learned what he needed to in WWE. <laughs> for sure, man. Number 13 is from the shit pipes. It's Drago. Oh, by the way, uh, Marty the Moth. And forgive me, I can't remember exactly how it happened. But Rey Mysterio gets the better of Marty the Moth. And Ray pins him, and <laughs> Masquerita joins in on the elimination. 
so See, that, I missed that whole segment because that's the one elimination I think I missed. Yeah, that's fine. Number 14 is the Mac. And, oh, by the way, Cage and the Mac are fighting in the ring at one point. And what gets ignored in the background is something that should have been the focus. And that's Drago throwing Jack Evans down the steps, dude. This is another thing where they didn't. And, and this it's probably impossible to time all these spots. But yeah, and, and the crowd were genuinely like they gasping. were more concerned. Like you could tell, like the it's like uh, when Jerry Lawler had his heart attack and there was a tag match going on. You could see when you're watching the crowd wasn't looking at the ring; they were looking at, "Oh my God, is the King dead?" Uh, mm-hmm. Similarly, they're like, "Oh my God, Jack Evans just got thrown down steps. What's going on?" Because we've seen people fall down the stairs, but usually it's a very controlled roll. Yeah, you you could see that. Jack was very much like just it, it was a tumble like yeah. he he went a few steps before he went quite a few steps before rolling completely over. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Jack Evans had to be a little extra sore that next morning when he woke up and yeah. and it was all for nothing because it was just in the background. Which is a shame. But this is a moment where Vamp gave some of the best advice because Matt yeah. Stryker asked him, like, so what would what's the best strategy for a match like this? And Vamp says, uh, drink Jaeger, close your eyes, and start swigging. <laughs> yeah. And yes. if you ever drank Jaeger, you know that's true. <laughs> It'll make you a fighter, even if you're not. Oh, man. Number 15, everyone loves him, of course. Chavo Guerrero Jr. And I wrote down, Chavo Guerrero puts on, and I put, because Vampiro corrected Matt Stryker when Matt Stryker said the camel clutch, but Chavo or Vamp's like, no, 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 this was a move invented by his grandfather, Gory, and it's called the caballo, which means horse, by the way. So uh, the caballo on Masquerita and Masquerita taps out. Masquerita, not going to be Lucha Underground champion. He had, he had a small chance, but I was, you know, I was hopeful. Chavo going for that super cheap heat. Yes, yeah. Put the put the submission on the midget for sure. Or the mini, pardon me. I, damn it, I've said midget twice on this show. He already canceled, so just keep going. Yeah, I'm basically dead. Uh, after that, we see Johnny and Taya teaming up on Cage. Johnny's already been eliminated, by the way. And Johnny pulls out a cinder block and hits Cage with it in the head. This time, Cage is knocked out. And Taya pins and eliminates Cage. Number 16, there was a weird amount of focus for some reason on PJ Black, of all people. Yeah, why? It was weird. It was weird, right? <clears throat> Taya gets eliminated by Ray Phoenix. Oh, I think uh, it was a fisherman suplex, too. That sounds right. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. PJ Black and Jack Evans are attacking Drago on the bleachers when number 17 comes out and it is his his buddy Aerostar making his official return to the temple for the first time since last season. Um, PJ Black uh, hits a brain buster on Drago and Aerostar hits a top rope Canadian destroyer on Jack Evans. And that leads to a simultaneous elimination of the A side of the feud. It's kind of weird, man. It, it was very weird, uh, but I think looking back at it, PJ Black needed a win. Yeah. And unfortunately, they didn't focus on it enough. Uh, yeah. They didn't really even... Because he shared the spotlight with Aerostar, 
Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the, like if you if you were a wrestler and you're like, okay, I'm gonna lose all these matches and I get my payoff, right? Yeah, you get it in Aztec Warfare. <laughs> you know, it's kind of came. It, it's he got it, but like, who's talking about it? Well, yeah, it, it's it was a good brainbuster too. Here's the thing that can work out because like we've seen clear like they've built up even they've further enhanced the cage and Johnny feud throughout Aztec warfare. Um, if they put more focus on it, I know it's a lower card feud, but like if they had isolated PJ black pinning Drago, that would do a little bit more for his steam for his push, you know? Yeah. This was more impressive for Aerostar cause he pinned Jack Evans with a fucking Mexican destroyer. Yes. Uh, from the top rope. Uh, so, and, and he was, you know, like you said, it was his grand return. So it's just, you can't help but focus on it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see here. Number 18, making his debut in the temple. The artist known as Ray Horace. We've got Dragon Azteca Jr. And Dragon Azteca shows up. He's all over the field. Even a dive over the corner of the turnbuckle. Pardon me, over the turnbuckle to the Mac. Which we've seen Angelico do that before. It's still absolutely insane. It's crazy, and um, the unfortunate thing about Dragon Azteca Jr. is he kind of is a little bit more of what we've already got with Phoenix and Puma. Yeah. So he, for me, and this will be my second reviewing, and I've already admitted to being wrong about several things from the first season. We'll mm-hmm. see if I change my tune. But like when I originally watched this, I didn't care much for Dragon Azteca Jr. Not because he was bad, but just because I've already had it from other wrestlers, what he provides. And we're, we're going to say the same about another wrestler that shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like if someone gives you, like, I like vanilla ice cream. If someone gives you a bowl of vanilla ice cream and then another bowl of vanilla ice cream, and then they're like, hey, here's vanilla ice cream. It's like, okay, I like it, but it's like I've already had two bowls of it you know and that's not and you're right it's a good analogy it's it's nothing that he's not he's not that he's bad or not as good as the other two it's just that we're attached to phoenix and puma yeah and uh the storyline he comes from dragon azteca jr sucks it really does man it really does and uh by the way because we're not going to see her in this episode either where's black lotus at because we haven't seen her like one like i think maybe twice this season I think we saw her once last season, or la- not last season, last episode, where yeah. Dario was saying we're going back. Yeah. But, I, um... I saw her in the season premiere, and I think we saw her in that episode, and I think that's it. I think they realized that she was going nowhere. Yeah. Because uh, she hasn't even had a match yet. Oh, she's going to come back. I know, because I know she at least has one match in the temple. She does. But, she does come back. I'm just saying. like. She's, but, yeah. Oh, man. Number... Yeah. 19 is Tejano and the temple still loves him. Even if, even if you don't Greg mm. <laughs> Tejano hits a power bomb on PJ black and PJ black is eliminated. Joey Ryan, by the way, we, because the camera cuts to him, Joey Ryan still handcuffed to the, the guardrail. Number 20 mil Muertes comes out with Katrina. And as meal is entering Pentagon kind of sneaks through the crowd from a corner and uh, he takes out the former Lucha Underground champion, Mil Muertes, with the chair, just brutalizes the crap out of him. And Rey Mysterio frog splashes Mil Muertes, and 
Milmortes is gone, so Katrina's plan has just been completely foiled. And I think even was it just Ray or did Puma also do a match? I think Puma added pressure to the pen. Yeah. Yeah, he the everything Katrina set in motion is completely undone here. Yes. Because yes. of Penta. <laughs> Her reaction, uh now she's a heel. So like her reaction in the next episode, it makes her a little bit more unlikable because some things happen. And I will explain when we get there, but, you know, either way. So Mil Muertes is eliminated. And for some reason, and Stryker's like, what's going on? This has to be a production error because the clock's still going off. The drums are going. And we see who else. But for the first time in the temple this season, the owner and proprietor of Lucha Underground, El Jefe Dario Cueto, and the temple going insane, man. Yeah, they missed Dario, and I even popped a little bit. It was great seeing him come back. He's a great character. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so this was really, and they're paying it off, like, what happened from the end of the season. Like, And it's still kind of unclear why he had to leave, but just accept it. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was a good, and he waited till Aztec Warfare. And uh, Dario says, you know, I still own the building. I'm st- I'm still the proprietor. That means I'm in charge. And we have a 21st entrant. And who is that? But my brother, the monster, Matanza Cueto. And we get a full body shot of him for, I believe, the first, maybe the second time in series history. He is wearing a face mask to cover his mouth so he doesn't bite people, you know, presumably. Because, you know, we've seen him murder on the show before. Uh, he is wearing a navy-ish blue jumpsuit. Like, almost like green. Like, like he broke out of jail or he was a janitor or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Don't forget it's covered in blood in the front. Yes, yes. Sorry, I, I buried the lead there. Um you could say Matanza is a janitor because he is here to clean up the competition. And as Matanza comes to the ring, all of the remaining entrants, besides Joey Ryan, of course, who's on the outside, uh, they all kind of gather together. And Matanza comes in, and <laughs> they they gang up on him. They charge him. And Matanza does the great giant spot of scattering everyone. <laughs> Personally... And I know it's simple, and I know it's cliche at this point, but I love that spot. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going for the monster vibe. I think it would work a little bit better if he were taller. Yeah. Uh, And this is coming from a short guy. But he's, if you know who it is, uh, they're not... We've said who it is. It's Jeff Cobb. And we, we, we can say that without, you know, it being a spoiler, because they never like tease who's under the mask who's under the mask it's just accepted hey this is matanza cueto um jeff cobb is matanza and if you were to have to if like no one told you and you had to figure out who it was how long would it take before you you guessed it was jeff cobb i can't honestly say because i man i read the spoilers before this episode came out so like hey it's matanza which is jeff cobb and i'm like yeah i can kind of see it I, I think he does a good job, though, g- given that we both don't like the character. Yeah. 
he did a like he's not Jeff Cobb like how Jeff yeah. Cobb wrestles. He's definitely yeah. a psycho killer. Well, he is a psycho killer who's clearly inspired by Jeff Cobb. For well, sure. he moves set. I mean, because he's a monster, he's going to do slams and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll see the finisher. And you'll be like, oh, someone else I know does that finisher. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Matanza comes in, and again he scatters scatters everyone. And who's the first to charge him? And by the way, this is really stupid. They get scattered, and they're like, hey, let's just go at him one-on-one like they're henchmen. Mm -hmm. This is a really bad idea. Phoenix charges him first, gets uh, what you Jeff Cobb fans know as the Tour of the Islands, but will later be called the Wrath of the Gods. Phoenix takes that, and Phoenix is eliminated. So we are guaranteed to crown the fourth-ever Lucha Underground champion. And uh, some of you... Which is great because it adds uncertainty. You know it's not going to be Phoenix. It's going to be someone new. So there's like eight people left, I think. Uh, Something like that, yeah. The Mac comes in. He stuns Matanza, but Matanza doesn't leave his feet. Matanza hits a big German suplex on the Mac, and the Mac is eliminated. Aerostar then charges but gets chopped down. German suplex. He's eliminated. And these are awesome Germans, too. These oh, yeah, German they are like very powerful German suplexes for sure. Um, Tejano comes in with the bull rope, but Matanza overcomes him. We get a power bomb. Well, Tejano, this one was stupid because yeah. Tejano jumps up like a luchador. Yeah, it gets and basically jumps onto his shoulders for a power. Like, I, 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 this, I didn't remember his this spot, and I watched it the other day, you know, to yeah. record so I could review it. And I remember thinking, that's the most obvious i'm gonna help you do a move ever yeah yeah like when well, how often does tejano do jump onto people's shoulders for well that's one of those things it's like you know going to the corner to do 10 punches to the undertaker it's like why would you bother i mean even then like it's tejano's not a high flyer what yeah why would he ever like this would be kind of like um let's say i jump onto kenny's shoulders uh, like I'm going to do a toxic Rana or, a, uh, you know, uh, toxic, yeah. is it toxic Rana? Uh, poison Rana. You know, is he, uh, why would I do that? He's going to do a one wing angel. You know, Joey Ryan actually does the toxic Rana. That's a, that's a joke, sir. Mm, canceled. Yep. Sure enough. Let's see here. Tejano just got eliminated. Chavo is hiding. Because Chavo like thinks like ah, I'm gonna go in, then he hides. <laughs> and this at this point, Matanza notices Joey Ryan, and Joey Ryan's like, oh oh crap, because like he <laughs> he can't move at this point, <laughs> like he's handcuffed. But Matanza bends steel. If if it wasn't clear now that like Matanza is like a slasher villain. It should be clear now. <laughs> Matanza Ben still gets Joey into the ring. Multiple bridging suplexes, and Joey Ryan is elim- eliminated. Yeah, it wasn't such a great... It turns out he wasn't playing 4D chess. He was still playing checkers all along. Yes, exactly. Um, at this point, we've got four guys in Matanza left. It's Chavo Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, uh, Dragon Azteca Jr., and I believe Prince Puma. Yes, Prince Puma. And Chavo and Ray kind of sp- both start to direct traffic uh, when Chavo just decides, like an idiot, I'm going to attack everyone else and just feed someone to Matanza. 
It's like, you know, at some point that's going to be you, right? He doesn't. He's stupid. He, he's got hubris. He thinks like, oh, yeah, I can I can beg. Oh, by the way, um, Dragon Azteca Jr. comes in. He, he evades for as long as he can, strikes where he can. It's not enough to bring Matanza down. And uh, he eventually eats a choke slam, and Dragon Azteca Jr. is eliminated. And it was like a Uranagi choke slam. Like it was, it probably sucked to take. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, <laughs> Chavo is on the outside, and he tries to beg Dario Cueto, and I think Dario humors him to his face. And as Chavo goes into the ring, Dario uh, motions to his brother. With the throat slash like the Undertaker or Chris Benoit. Yeah, Chavo is pretty stupid. I mean, if yeah. we look at the just kayfabe, apparently Mexico's still after him. I mean, he doesn't yeah. have the crew protecting him. So, I mean, he's stupid enough to get a whole fucking country to want him dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe his plan was like, hey, have Matanza do the dirty work and try to roll him up, even though, like, this ain't WWE that don't work like that. <laughs> and left his, he hasn't left his feet. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what Chavo was thinking here, but it doesn't matter. Uh, standing, a uh, standing moonsault from Matanza. It's enough to put Chavo away. Insane, dude. Because yeah. they thought a trick photography, trick cinematography to uh, make Matanza look bigger than he actually was, man. Because Jeff Cobb is not a big guy. No, I mean, he's big, but he's not tall. He's bulky, but he's not tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see here. So Chavo's eliminated. So we've got Matanza, Prince Puma, and Rey Mysterio left in this match. And both of the remaining Technicos try to double-team Matanza, but it's not working, dude. And Prince Puma is eventually eliminated by a German suplex. So we are down two. Rey Mysterio versus Matanza to crown the fourth ever Lucha Underground champion. Rey Mysterio, again, evades, strikes where he can. Gets a hope spot, by the way, because he hits the 619. Goes up top, tries to go for a Rana, but he is caught with the Wrath of the Gods and your new Lucha Underground champion. Look forward to hearing this, folks. Spoiler alert. Uh, Matanza Cueto. And the temple is not happy. They were happy for Dario's return, but they are not uh, happy with his outcome. Yeah. Dario Cueto was like a harbinger of doom in this situation. And I would venture as far as to say it's, it's not good heat. It's almost X-Pac heat. Not and quite. Here's the thing. I like Jeff Cobb. I really do. Like, I like his work outside of here. I, don't, I never like the Matanza character. I'm going to let you all know that right now. Um, I think he was too OP. Uh, this is a prime example. Um, but And you can try to justify it with the fact that Ray was number two and Puma was like, what, number one, two, three, yeah. four, five, Puma seven? Yeah, was number seven, yeah. But it, it's still him stomping a mud hole in eight contestants back-to-back. Yeah. I think it was eight, eight or seven. Yeah, eight. And he is a monster, but it's it takes away from, they already had a monster, right? Mm-hmm. They actually had two monsters already, Cage, Mill, and if they had done Tejano better, it could have been Tejano. Yeah. Um, it, it was something that worried me when Archer was going against Miro. You know, uh, 
if I felt it was one of those matches where if this guy loses, it's not a burial. I, I don't like I, people do go too too far with that. Yeah. But, you know, Archer shouldn't like you, you go into you're like, well, Archer shouldn't really lose to Miro. But Miro's new, you know, there, too, that we don't want to look Miro look bad. It's one of those that was one of those matches where I was like, well, we probably shouldn't book this. But it worked out in the end because uh, Archer got the U.S. title. But I digress that I think I, I don't know too many people that liked Matanza. Um, I think Jeff Cobb did the best he could, and I think he did a good job. Yeah, it's just the character was unnecessary. The same way Dragon Azteca, you know, didn't really, and he's good. It's one of those things where you feel bad, but he's like, this guy's good, but I, I already have these other guys I like. Yeah, yeah, that, no, you're right. You're right, man. Um, Matanza, it's one of those like, well, we got to one up Milmore at this. We got to one up Cage. So we're just going to make him OP. And they did. They did make him a little too much like the Fiend. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, here's the order real quick before we get out of here and rate rate the show and then get out of here. The order of entrance in this match. Just a quick recap. Number one, Phoenix. Number two, Rey Mysterio. Number three, King Cuerno. Number four, Arjenis. Number five, Johnny Mundo. Number six, Joey Ryan. Number seven, Prince Puma. Number eight, Jack Evans. Number nine, Taya. Number 10, Cage. Number 11, Masquerita Sagrada. Number 12, Marty the Moth. Number 13, Drago. Number 14, The Mac. Number 15, Chavo Guerrero. Number 16, PJ Black. Number 17, Aerostar. Number 18, Dragon Azteca Jr. Number 19, Tejano. Number 20, Mil Muertes. And number 21, Matanza Cueto, the order of elimination. Arjenis was eliminated first by Rey Mysterio. King Cuerno was eliminated second by Rey Mysterio. Johnny Mundo was eliminated third by Prince Puma. Marty the Moth was eliminated fourth by Rey Mysterio and Masquerita Sagrada. Masquerita Sagrada was eliminated fifth by Chavo Guerrero. Cage was eliminated sixth by Taya. I was eliminated seventh by Phoenix here. Drago was eliminated eighth by PJ Black. By the way, I did put the PJ Black, the Drago elimination in front of the Aerostar elimination because it's easier for me. And also because technically PJ Black got the pen first, but whatever. Um, Number nine would, by that logic, be Jack Evans. Where are you? Jack Evans eliminated by Aerostar. Number 10, the 10th elimination was PJ Black by Tejano. Greg, are you still there, bud? Yes, sir. You got a weird background sound going on. Might be my dishwasher. Oh, man. Number 11, the 11th elimination was Mil Muertes by Rey Mysterio. Um, Number 12, with an assist from Pentagon Jr., of course. Um, Phoenix was eliminated 12th by Matanza, probably the biggest shocker so far. Uh, number thir- the 13th elimination was the Mac by Matanza. <laughs> Get used to hearing this. 14, Aerostar eliminated by Matanza. 15, Tejano by Matanza. 16, Joey Ryan by Matanza. 17, Dragon Azteca Jr. by Matanza. 18, Chavo Guerrero by Matanza. 19, that would be Prince Puma by Matanza. And 20, Rey Mysterio eliminated by Matanza, which means Matanza Cueto, of course, the winner and the fourth Lucha Underground champion. That was the show. One match show. 
these formats are always interesting, especially how are we going to grade them? And I'm going to let you start first, Greg. How do you grade Aztec Warfare 2 Meals Revenge? I give it a, a B. Because, uh, yeah, even though we had some criticisms in it, uh, legitimate ones and some big, you know, glaring issues that become more uh, more glaring as the season goes on because they, they, they compound. Uh, mm-hmm. It still had amazing wrestling, and it and I love the Pentagon part. Even though he wasn't in the match, it's like Austin. It's not the same caliber. I'm not comparing them one to one, but like when Austin would like come in with a beer truck and just no match, just would just mess up Vince McMahon's day. It's a fun. It's a fun little event, um, and he's not going to get one for a little bit after this. <laughs> uh, you know, I liked pj blacks uh as a, as a spot i liked his brain buster it's a simple move i like it i like germans batanza was doing great german suplexes uh you know we had cuerno phoenix uh prince puma uh this was the best ray looked in a while like i yeah. know he was a little beat down in his wwe run because of their schedule but he looked like a much younger version of himself like he was doing some very good moves he even get he got thrown out and did that sliding thing where he slides out of the ring and lands on his stomach which has just gotta fucking suck Oh yeah. So he's 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 sacrificing his body for this promotion that may not last another season. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it and and we do we have to criticize like that's our that's our role in doing a podcast. We have to tell you like you know what's bad, what's good, what we think works, what doesn't. But it's still very enjoyable. I would I would definitely recommend this as a match for people to watch. Yeah. No, this match was very good. Um, Here's the thing. I like this format of match, be it a Royal Rumble, Battle Riot, um, TNA Gauntlet, uh, or Aztec Warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, the Matanza stuff, because I'm not big on, you know, big hoss heels just wrecking shop over literally everyone and mm-hmm. just being OP, kind of like The Fiend. Um, <laughs> not big on that. So for that reason, this gets bumped from an A to a B plus. Yeah, you and you ended up going higher than I did. I just I'm just going with a flat B, um, yeah. because it's good. It's a good show. It's a good yeah. match. It, it, but there's not. It's not amazing. It's not. You must watch it. It's 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 not. This is bad. This is decent. It's good. It's yeah. good show. But here's the thing, and uh, my heart breaks for Phoenix here because Phoenix, by all means, was clearly a transitional champion. And to me, when you're using faces as transitional champions. It means you're relying on the heel maybe a bit too much because, like, you know, it's been done before. You know, Vince McMahon proved it in the 80s and early 90s. You can have long-running face champions and make money. It's not that hard. It's not impossible, you know? I mean, they did it in the first season. Puma was champion a good 75% at least of the first season. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Phoenix would have been a good champion. That Mil Mortes run was was eight weeks, but it felt a lot longer for some reason. And I and I did enjoy that run for the most part. Uh, I kept to to you know add on to what you said. Like that was a good heel run. Like he was yeah. a monster, but why did he beat Phoenix and Pentagon? Or why did he beat uh, Puma and Pentagon in the same match? Well, because they kept interrupting each other every time exactly. they had won. Exactly. Uh, he he also beat someone else clean. Yeah. Uh, was it Phoenix? It was Phoenix. No, uh, it wasn't no. Phoenix. Yes. Who was it? He beat Evil East, man. Was there another defense? 
Uh, defense, no. He beat Ivalice, uh Puma, and Pentagon, and then he lost to Phoenix. Still a decent run. It's yeah. better than Matanza's. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it was a decent run, and uh, we'll see what Matanza has to do to potentially one-up it. But, uh, guys, that's the show. Thank you for listening. Join us next week when we review Season 2, Episode 10. El Jefe is back. I have an alternate title for that one that you will find out when we, when you listen to that, we are going to record that in like the next 10 minutes, probably. Um, but Hey, thank you for listening. God bless you. And, uh, try to avoid Matanza Cueto because if you don't, you may suffer grave consequences. <laughs>